seated. We are so glad that you're here. We're especially thrilled with all the college students here. I mean, I, I hope that Landmark can mean something to you. Uh, we would love to be your church home, away from home, and a, a place where you find community and people to get to know of all kinds of ages. I know this. I know you can mean a lot to us. Uh, there's just something about college students and your passion, your fire, and your hunger that just blesses a church, and we'd, we'd love to have you here. Uh, and if you're having any um, trouble this morning with a QR code, um, just corner me and I'll be glad to take care of that, all right? I mean, how can you trust a guy who lived so far in the past, he still thinks it's the Pac-10? It's always good to have the last word, okay? Come to someone who lives in the present, all right? And I'll help you out. Now, speaking of the past, um, years ago, before there were 600 different channels on DirecTV, and before you could DVR a show, and before Netflix and 100 streaming services, many of us lived in a time where there were only three networks. I know that's prehistoric for most of you, but many of us lived there. And there was a, a show that only came on once a year that was called The Wizard of Oz. How many of you watched The Wizard of Oz, okay? It was a big deal because it came on on Sunday nights. Now, for many of us who went to church on Sunday nights, it was a moral dilemma. Are we going to go to church or are we going to watch The Wizard of Oz? But it was quite a show, and the plot was about a young girl named Dorothy who's been taken up in this tornado up into the land of Oz. Early on, she meets the good witch of the East, Glinda, and Glinda informs her that there's a powerful man named the Wizard of Oz who lives in Emerald City. Now, you know, uh, Dorothy, who just keeps saying through the whole movie, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, she's excited about there. She's probably the only teenager I've ever heard say there's no place like home. And so she um, listens to Glinda. Glinda says this with her head tilted, with her arms way out, to avoid the hoop skirt that she's wearing. And she says this, it's always best to start at the beginning. And all you have to do is follow the yellow brick road. Right. Can you imagine a life where all you had to do was follow the yellow brick road? Whether it was to do with your academic career or your marriage or your friendships or your walk with God, just find the right road. Now, the truth is, there really are paths, well-worn paths that lead you to the right destination. And, and whatever area of your life, if you can get on that path, your, uh, your chance of success is much, much greater. And so what I want to do this morning is introduce you to the principle of the path, it's one of my favorite preachers who said this verse, Andy Stanley. And here it is. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Uh, you can read up here. Say it out loud with me, everybody. Direction, not intention, determines destination. For those of us older, we had a phrase that went like this. The road to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. The Bible puts it this way you reap what you sow. Whatever you've planted is what you're going to harvest. 
This is such an important principle because it explains why for so many of us, our dreams don't come true. We dream it, we want it, we even intend for it to happen, but it doesn't happen. That's why so many of us have given up on New Year's resolutions. We resolve to not resolve, right? Because we set it January 1st and it never happens. And this principle will tell you why. Because so often we simply have good intentions and we don't put ourselves in a direction that will lead to the right destination. For instance, let's say you want to go to the beach. And you pack your car up, and you got your floats, and got your towels, and swimsuits, and your friends, and you're all ready. And let me say this. No matter how ready you are, no matter if you showed up for church this morning, you're watching online, no matter if you tithe 10%, say the prayer, sing the songs, if you get on I-65 North, you're not going to make it to the beach, right? It's just It's just impossible. You may have the best of intentions, the best of life, but you're going in the wrong direction. And that's what Scripture is going to say to us today. There happens to be, for many of us, a great disconnect between where we want to be and the path we've chosen. That's why I'm so excited about you college students being here today. Because right now you're at a a wonderful point in your life where you're making choices. It's the point in your life where you ought to dream your biggest dreams. Or you ought to think about what your life looks like in the future. Not just now, but 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. But here's the warning. There's got to be a connection between these good intentions and actually the destination path that you're going on. They've got to come together. Because so often we disconnect those things. Whether you're an adult with your finances. You know, I really want to save for retirement, but... That's not always the way it ends up. Whether it's wanting to be close to God, I really would love to be close to God. I know that's what life's all about, but I don't really make time to read my Bible and pray and be around spiritual people and go to church. There's a disconnect academically. I mean, here's the beginning of the semester. You might dream about making straight A's, but are your intentions going to go over to you actually go to class. That's the first start, right? Some of you are away for college for the first time. You're not forced to go to class. You've got a choice, and it is so easy, isn't it, to just sleep in. You see, you might have great intentions, but if you go down that path, you're not going to get to where you want to be. Now, the wisest man who ever lived tells an incredible story about this in Proverbs chapter 7, and that's where we're going to land today, Proverbs chapter 7. Because we've been saying these last few weeks in this drift series, you drift toward what is bad. You plan toward what is good. Did you catch that? You see, if I just do what I naturally want to do, if I just do what I feel like, I'm going to drift into a bad direction. I don't have to choose to flunk out. I don't have to choose to not save money. I don't have to choose to not be close to God. I just naturally drift toward the wrong direction. That's why this kind of intentionality of getting on the right path is so important. Let's watch a young man who got on the wrong path. Verse 6, Proverbs 7. 
at the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice. You ever sort of been looking at something and you already knew the outcome? You ever been maybe at an intersection and you're watching as two vehicles are about to wreck and you could honk your horn, you could scream, and it still happens? That's where Solomon is. He knows what's about to happen, and it's going to be a bad crash. Look at verse 7. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. Now, some of you could be easily offended by that verse. He's saying young people are simple. And he doesn't mean that as a slam. He doesn't mean to say you don't have judgment is a, a bad thing. It's just a, it's an age thing. You know, wisdom comes from experience and exposure and time. There's a, there's a book that was written years ago called For Parents Only. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to give some of you college students an excuse, but here's what it says. Your frontal lobe, which gives you your reasoning skills, does not completely develop until your mid-20s, okay? So you mess up, tell your parents, your preacher said, you don't have good reasoning skills until your mid-20s. You see, guys, that's why you need to be around people that have lived some life. That's why when it comes to a church, you don't want to go to a church with just college students if it existed. You want to go to a church with multitude of ages where they can help you make the right decisions. You need to listen to wise people. So here's this young guy. His frontal lobe's not completely developed. He's going in the wrong direction. Look at verse 8. He was going down the street near her corner. You got it? Walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to know where this story's headed. I mean, this guy thinks this is going to be the night of his life. In fact, he's got some background music. Tonight's going to be a good night. That's what he's hearing. You know what Solomon's hearing in the background? Hope you're old enough to remember this. Jaws. He's like, this is heading toward this crash we're talking about. And it really is predictable. Look at verse 10. Here she comes. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. <laughs> Can you believe this is in the Bible? That's one thing I love about the Bible. It's just, it's so real. It's life. She is loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner, she lurks. Now watch how forward she is. This girl is going to make a move. She took hold of him and kissed him. Some of you are going, man, I wish somebody would do that to me. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, now this, this sounds just completely out of place. But you got to see what she's trying to do. I have fellowship offerings at the home. Today I fulfilled my vows She's saying, you know what, I mean, what we're about to do is okay because, um, you know, I've got things sort of cleared with God. If she's Catholic, she'd say, I've been to confession. If she's Protestant, she'd probably say, I've been to church. If she's Church of Christ, she'd say, I've done the five steps of salvation. <laughs> she's just saying, you know what, I've got some things cleared. 
and this is going to be cool. Look what happens. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you, and I have <laughs> found you. Wow, what a feeling. Boy, she's, she's prepared. I have covered my bed with colored linen from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, alloys, and cinnamon. I've got lots of good drinks in the refrigerator. No, it doesn't say that. Okay, let's keep going. Come, let's drink deep of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Now, what's this young man thinking? I am so special. She looked for me. She grabbed me. She prepared her bed for me. And she's telling this dude, this is going to be, man, talking about drinking, you're going to drink deep of love. But we all know that's a lie. There's nothing in this story to do with love and relationship. It's all to do with lust. But here's our problem. It looks good. I mean, it's inviting. It feels good. And, and, and so one of our issues in our, our culture today is we are told by people that if you feel like doing it, you ought to do it. I mean, if you feel certain feelings, then that actually, our culture would say, that defines who you are. You can't break those feelings. That's who you are. And yet we see in this story, we're going to see this as we go. Man, this is going to lead to a bad path. Where would any of us be if we did everything we felt? Most of us would not be here, right? So let's keep reading the story. And then she says this, my husband is not at home. <laughs> I was sort of assuming that, weren't you? He's gone on a long journey. This is a little embarrassing. He took his purse. I, we, we would translate this in the message translation, his man bag, okay? He took his man bag filled with money and will not be home till full moon. My husband is not around. You can come over tonight. You can sleep in. We can have breakfast in bed. You can spend the weekend, and he's not going to show up. She's pretty persuasive. That's what verse 21 says. With persuasive words, she led him astray, and she seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her. Now, here's the destination. We've seen the path. Here's the destination. Like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose to an arrow pierces its liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. You see, here's, 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 here's the problem. The boy, the young man, is focused on what he is doing. It's the thrill of that moment. The wise man is focused on where he is going. That's temptation for all of us. I focus on right here and now and what makes me feel good now instead of going, where does that lead? And the wise man says, this is not good. It's going to lead to a noose. It's going to lead to slaughter. It's going to lead to a snare. It's going to lead to the butcher shop. It's not going to end good. And now Solomon pulls back to talk to you and I, okay? So listen closely. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. We've been studying the last few weeks about the spiritual issue of drifting. 
And, and the answer to drifting, because drifting is not intentional. Drifting is when you're out of the beach on the float, you know, and not paying attention. And before long, you just drift to a place where you don't even recognize where you are. And the answer we saw in the book of Hebrews, the answer the wise man says to drifting is to actually stop and pay attention. And so that's why I'm so thrilled you're at church today. This at least gives you a moment to stop and pay attention. Now listen to what he says. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Solomon says... This is a path. Honestly, he says, this is a highway. Oh, we would say today, this is an eight-lane interstate. You think you're special. You think you're the only one. But the truth is, thousands and millions of people have gone down to this, this path to their detriment. You see, it's not just an event. We, we, we like to sort of say, well, you know, that was just sort of a, a bubble event in my life. You know, uh, I hooked up. Uh, we had the affair. We had the fling. No, no, no. Your decisions become a pathway. You're not unique. You're not special. You might think, okay, I know other people didn't get by with this, but, I'm, you know, I'm different. I'm in get by with it. And, you know, I can sleep with people and never be caught. Just ask the director you know, who just got caught, who had billions of dollars. Just ask the governor of a northern state, or you can get a buy with groping women and doing things. Oh, no, no. It's coming home to roost. It's predictable. It's a well-worn path. It applies in every area of our life. I can tell lies. They'll eventually catch up with me. I can skip class. It'll eventually show up in my grades. I can drink myself to sleep at night just to relax, and eventually it can cause major problems. It's a well-worn path. Listen to what he says in verse 27. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. You know, have you ever been to a counselor, and you start telling them what your problem is, and you start telling your story, and you say, I did this and this and this, and maybe even halfway through you telling your story, the counselor interrupts you and says, and I bet this is what happened. And you go, how did you know that? No wonder I'm paying you $150 an hour. You guessed in the middle of my story. You know how she knows it? Because she's heard your story hundreds of times. And when you do this and this and this, and you chose this path, the destination is always the same. So here's my challenge for you today. We've got to overcome the great disconnect. You see, if Satan can convince you, you're okay just with good intentions, he's got you. Here's a problem most of us have. We judge other people by their actions, okay? I watch you. I don't like what you do. I reach a bad judgment. I judge myself by my intentions. I know what I did wasn't so good, but I know I've really got a good heart. And I know I didn't really mean for it to go that way. Because that leads to this incredible disconnect. Let me give you six areas of your life where this can be a disconnect. It's like the issue we're studying here. It's about the biblical idea of sex. And the, the, the true path for sexual enjoyment is between a man and a woman for life. 
Sometimes we disconnect that, especially in the culture we live. I mean, in the young culture, it's a, it's a highway that you're expected to go on, and if you're not, you're going to be laughed at. It may be finances. I mean, you know, you got the credit card. You see something you really want. College students, watch this. They're going to offer you a bunch of credit cards. And, and there's a thrill to the purchase. But you might become like 40% of Americans who spend more than they actually make and get in trouble. Maybe it's your family. You want to have a great family, and you're married, and now you got a couple kids, and you still want to live like a single man. You still want to do what you want to do when you want to do it, and it, it's disastrous. Maybe it's academics. You know, you, you really have good intentions of good grades, but my goodness, there is too many fun things to do right now. Maybe it's about your health, about your weight. Man, you, you want to lose those pounds. You have every intention of, you know, going down a couple of dress sizes, pulling your belt in a couple of notches. But every time you ride down the Atlanta Highway, there's this flashing sign. What does it say? Hot donuts now. And so you, you, you're on your way to work, and you thought, oh, man, that looks good, man. That's a good breakfast. I'll drink some milk and make it healthy. You know this, guys? That sign stays on 24 hours a day. Krispy Kreme learned that as long as they keep it on, we're foolish enough to go in there. And yet, that intention doesn't work. And, man, if, if anywhere this is true, it's in your spiritual walk with God. Let me, let me say to you college students, I'm talking to everybody in here, but I want to talk specifically to you. You've got the best opportunity in your life to draw close to God. You can do it not because your mom and dad want it or your old church wanted you to do it. You can do it now because you made a choice that, you know what? There are different paths and there are clear destinations. And I want the destination that has to do with God. But if you got this disconnect and you think, okay, I came off to college with good intentions, but I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to choose to regularly go to church I'm not going to choose to really get in the Word of God. I'm not going to choose to hang out with spiritual people, just whoever shows up in my dorm. There may be a disconnect. So let's ponder this principle just for a moment. First of all, direction. Your decisions are not disconnected events. They're a path. Every decision you make creates a path. We had a testimony in this church not long ago about pornography. And the man who shared his victory over pornography said he had researched it, and every time you look at pornography, it begins to put a rut, a path in your brain. That's why it's so hard to overcome. What may seem like just a, a quick decision for a momentary thrill actually becomes a path. So direction, not intention. Direction always trumps intentions. Determines, here's the, the good news, the path principle can work for you or against you. You see, it, it's like gravity. I mean, gravity is just a path. It's a, it's a law. And, and it can work against you. You know, if you jump off the building, you know, and think you're going to defy the law of gravity, you're going to break the law of gravity, you're not going to break it, it's going to break you. But if you need to use a pulley to get something up that very same building, you can use gravity to make it happen. So this principle of the path 
It, it, it could be good news or bad news. You see, if you make the right decisions, go down the right path, it will lead to the right destination. That's the next thing. Destination. Every path has a predetermined destination. And again, I may want to believe I'm the exception. And Satan may try to convince me of that, but I'm not. Whether it's greed, adultery, addictions, workaholism, lukewarmness, spiritual apathy, it's going to lead somewhere. So here's my question for you today. Are the paths you're on taking you where you want to be? That's a great time just to stop for everybody in this building, including these college students right at the beginning of this semester. If you stay on this path, are you pleased with the destination? Is there disconnections in your life between your intentions and your actions? Is your direction... See, here's the great thing about God. Listen, listen closely to me. God is not expecting perfection out of you. That's why Jesus came, okay? And I'm not trying to preach perfection here today. None of us are. But what God is concerned about is not perfection. He's concerned about direction. And I don't care where you are on the path. If you're on the path of God, you're headed in the right direction. Now, let me just ask the question as simple and plain as I can. Do you plan on going to heaven? None of you are going to say to me, oh, excuse me, buddy, I prefer hell. (laughs) No, no, I'm not saying that. But the more important question is not what you plan on doing. The more important question is are you headed in the direction of heaven? And so we're we're going to have a time here at the end of our service to pray about these paths. Because... What this passage was written about was not just this cool story that's almost shocking to find in the Bible about temptation and sex and the bed. It's a story that was meant to warn you and I. And our path may not be the same bad path this dude's taken. It might be something different, but it's still a bad path. So I'm going to invite all the shepherds and ministers and spouses of our church, if they would come up. Uh, and just surround the stage. And for some of you new here, this may be a, a, a unique thing to you. But as we sing a song in just a moment, and if you need prayers about what we're talking about, you don't necessarily have to come write something down that I say to everybody. If you want me to, I would. But, but you could just come, and you got a card right there probably in the pew in front of you. Just write your name down if you would, and what you need prayed about. Uh, what, what an awesome thing here. On college Sunday to go, you know what? I want to pray about the path I'm on. Now, here's the great news I want to share with you this morning. Jesus blazed a new path. The Bible says he is, Hebrews 2, he is the trailblazer. What's that saying is Jesus has blazed a trail to make it easier for you and I. You don't have to clear the brush first. He's already cleared it. And the good news is, if you're on the wrong path, you don't have to stay on that path. You just need to get up and start following Jesus. Now, let me just say this. 
real plainly. Because this is where I get tripped up sometimes. Intentions won't cut it. If you just sort of think today, well, I sure will live for Jesus. That's nice, but that's not doing anything. I really would like my life to count. That's nice. I really should go get some prayers today because I'm sort of messed up right now. I can't tell you how many Sundays someone comes out up to me in the lobby after a service like this and says, I should have gone forward. And I appreciate that. I know they're trying to encourage me. But I'm thinking, well, just do it. Because your intentions won't cut it. It's what you actually do. Hopefully there's some people here today who want to become a Christian. You do believe in Jesus and his path. And the Bible has two words for you. Repent and be baptized. And you could do that right now, right here. What's repent mean? It means to choose a different path. And there are many of us, you know, we've become Christians years ago. And we have drifted off path. And the Bible has two words for you, rather similar. Repent, get on a new path, and pray. And we can do that right now. If you guess with us, we're about to stand and sing a song. And during this song, all you got to do is come up to one of these people or come down to this front row and let us know what we could pray about. Because I'll remind you of the truth of this lesson. If you're wanting to go to the beach and you're all loaded up, not a good time to go anyway, but you're all loaded up and you got everything you need and you've even come to church this morning, we prayed about it. If you get on I-65 North, you're never getting to the beach. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how well-intentioned you are. And this, this morning, <coughs> if you're wanting to follow this path of Jesus to heaven, it's not enough. Well, gosh, we're thrilled you're here. But it's not enough just to have some good intentions. Many of you have been sitting, I'm talking to some of our older people right now, you've been sitting on your intentions for years. Remember this. Direction, not intention, determines destination. So do you need to go in a new direction today? If you need to, why don't you come right now while we stand and sing?